Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Sean Hibbert, owner of Project Fitness in Medway, UK. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm awesome. Super excited to have you on today. Um, before we dive into the business and how you go about running it, first, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. So um, I spent 10 years in the military as an all-armed physical training instructor, and unfortunately, I was medically discharged. Uh, when that happened, I had quite a few avenues to go down, but I decided to like take the jump and follow my passion and my dream, and that was to open a gym. So dove in straight away, just went for it. Um, I have quite a few friends who own functional fitness and CrossFit boxes and you know they all encourage me look follow your dreams do what makes you happy so I just went for it yeah that's awesome that's very entrepreneurial to just you know follow a passion and turn it into a business so I think that's super cool um, so what is Project Fitness now like how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before and kind of what to expect so Project Fitness uh, is a functional fitness gym based in Medway in Lumley uh, we have like a large variety of classes, but the one thing that I think sets us apart from everyone else is we, we base our entire gym around our community. We limit our members. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's friends with everyone. Um, with our like members group and stuff like that, if you have like your own business or anything in that regard, we, we allow our members to like openly broadcast their businesses to one another. And it kind of like works the way that if anyone seems to need help or anything like that, we we have everyone covered we have each other's backs if that makes sense yeah totally I think that's really unique and kind of what sets apart those smaller gyms from like a big box gym with memberships is, you know that personal touch um so how many members do you have currently so at the minute we've got 85 members we have just literally moved our facility to a larger area that's why we've moved from uh, fence houses to medway and it was it was it was a bit of a stressful time it was a bit of a stressful move but um I've never seen anything like it literally all the work and all the fabrications all of the time and effort from electrics to plumbing was all done by our own members so we didn't actually outsource anything the whole community did the whole project as as a community it was it was fantastic so it was really good that's, that's amazing I've never heard of you know the community coming together to help literally build the gym so I think that's so cool um so how much room do you have now for more members are you maxed out at 85 or are you looking to get some more faces and stuff we were looking at like going to a hundred. Um, but you know, we're not, I wouldn't say we were selective to who we have. We would never turn anyone away, but I think some people do come in and they realize like, Oh, this functional fitness kind of life isn't for me. They would rather go to like a commercial gym. But if anyone, um, realistically, and I know this sounds a bit daft, I, I would like to use the remaining spaces for people that haven't necessarily been to a gym before that might feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and like give them like a really good experience and somewhere like they feel like they're safe if that makes sense because a lot of people can find especially in January it's like international fitness month isn't it so you can go to these commercial gyms and feel very daunted by the whole experience we just want to I would say allocate those spaces if we could to people that haven't necessarily been before and just give them a really good experience because we don't want anyone to get put off mm -hmm. by joining the gym if that makes sense yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the biggest barriers to like health and fitness is people just not feeling comfortable to take that first step and go into a gym. Um, so what would you say is like your marketing strategy? How do you reach those people that 
might not be seeking out a gym or are afraid to walk into a gym? So when, when we first opened, um, I was absolutely baffled because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I knew that I could personal train. I knew I could take fitness classes. And then my eyes got massively open to online marketing, business strategies, um, statistics, stats. And I was like, I was, I was just not prepared for any of that. So I did a couple of like online courses and stuff like that and looked into obviously like marketing on Facebook and social media. And then after like I got used to stuff like that, I realized that the best tool for myself for marketing was word of mouth. So once I had the first clients through the door, they would tell their friends. And then once you can turn around and say like, you've, you've made a good impression on someone and you continue to uphold your standards and then word spreads, I, I would say that was our best marketing strategy was actually, again, our community, our members itself. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really strong community and it's always good when you can get that referral in because they're coming in, they kind of, your member did the sales process already for you. They know they're going to have a great yeah. service. They trust you already because their friend trusts you. So yeah, I definitely agree that word of mouth can be great. But tell me more about your experience with um, social media marketing, digital marketing. What did you like and what didn't you like about that? So, so one thing I liked about marketing on Facebook was um, like local community groups, I thought worked extremely well. So when we first started off, we were in Horton, they had like a Horton business page, it had a community page um, and all the local businesses were allowed to put like one or two posts on a week. And mm -hmm. then there was like 10,000 people from the local area. So the actual catchment area that we were trying to recruit from, so, so to speak. So we would hit our target audience out with those people straight away. Um, the one thing that I didn't, particularly like was paid ads on Facebook and Instagram and um, Instagram I think is fantastic for like doing content and stuff like that for people who already know who you are but the problem with Instagram is obviously it's, it's worldwide so you'll net you won't hit your target area but then at the same time with Facebook we found that uh, we were paying for like advertisement ads and um, for in Horton and they'd be advertised in Newcastle and then we would get people asking from Newcastle, oh, where's the gym? It'd be like, oh, in Horton. And I felt like that was a bit of a, not a waste of time because I just saw it as a learning curve. And mm -hmm. I saw that the social groups were a lot better for marketing on rather than paying for the advertisements because we were hitting a lot of people who just generally weren't interested in joining the gym. Yeah, definitely. I think there's an, like an art to the Facebook ad campaigns and it's something you would have to, you know, sit down and really learn or outsource yeah. because it's always changing. It's like super complicated in their algorithms all the time. So yeah, I definitely agree there. And especially if, you know, we get into this industry as fitness people, we're not business people, we're not marketing agencies, you know, so there's definitely that disconnect there. Um, for sure, that can be really hard. Um, but would you try Facebook marketing again if you need to bring in more people or is it something you've kind of written off? Totally. It's kind of something that we've wrote off. Um, I think the support groups and the local community groups literally have our backs covered, especially when we've just moved to Lumley mm -hmm. um, because we've been added into another social group in the actual catchment area. It might be three, four miles away from where our gym was before, but we've now got access to another 8,000 people and we've had, we're, we're having people phoning up, knocking on the door, so, so to speak, even just randomly showing up asking and inquiring so i would always recommend using those groups but probably not going into paid ads um just because i felt like as i said before a lot of the time we were wasting a bit of our time because we were getting calls from people outside of the areas and mm -hmm. uh, we've had uh, a lot of i mean i'm sure a lot of gym owners have people literally 
messaging them all the time, sending emails about, oh, we can help improve your Wix website. We can help with your SEOs and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. I didn't even know what an SEO was. <laughs> like, to be perfectly honest with you, I had no idea. I had no idea how to build a website until I, I got on the Wix and had someone show me. Uh, but again, I've, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of people around me who work with like building websites and doing SEOs and obviously trying to get a higher reach on Google. That again would be something I would highly recommend if you can get your members to write you reviews. And then obviously the higher and the more reviews you get on Google and then the more hits you get, the, the further up the SEO ladder you're going to climb. So that's always a good market and a business tool as well. And obviously with them um, leaving a review, it's free. So that, that helps the business out a lot as well, I find. Yeah, totally. I think those are all great organic ways to grow the business. Um, and then I kind of want to go back a little bit. So you opened in 2020 before yeah. the lockdown and then the lockdown happened. So tell us about how you were able to pivot and come out the other side um, openings right before, you know, a pandemic. Yeah, so we, we opened in February in 2020 and then literally around eight to nine weeks after we got put into lockdown in the UK. And I literally just felt my whole world go from like having my dream to it just imploding. Um, I kind of I had this concept in my head. Um, someone told me before, you can have five minutes to complain about a problem. You can whinge about it, you can moan about it, you can scream about it. And then after that's done, you move on and you try and adapt. By the end of that week, um, when we were first in lockdown, one of my friends who owns a gym, he created a community support group for gym owners and at the time all of us were in the same boat uh, we couldn't make any money we couldn't pt and we literally just sat and had a massive brainstorm there must have been about 10 15 coaches literally on this zoom call and we all literally came together as coaches bearing in mind two three months ago we were all competing for clients obviously for myself being the newest out of the bunch i just didn't know what I was doing and they all literally put an arm around me um we all helped each other out we all come up with right let's do classes on zoom let's rent our kit out for an extra source let's do online PT and YouTube workouts and we literally come up with like a massive list and then it kept us all busy and then I think especially in the northeast functional fitness community as well once we all got to eventually go back and open up and do like competitions and stuff it's brought the owners of the gym facilities all together as well and there's no like animosity or bickering or anything like that as well so yeah. i think in a way being locked down made me a better business owner because i got to learn from people that i looked up to beforehand yeah so, I think that's yeah that's a testament to like mentorship and like what happens when we can come together and lean on other people to kind of show us the way i feel like you know a lot of times we have like an ego or we want to you know figure it out ourselves but really if we can you know link arms with people who have done it before or come together as a community you know you can survive and come out the other side um so you went to like online training during this time um what else did you guys do to, to get through yeah so we did a we actually created a youtube channel um so i had access to gym equipment at home i literally took my equipment from home back to the house i did like daily videos i uploaded them onto obviously our YouTube channel, but I also posted them onto the local um, uh, business groups, so for in Horton, and then just put a link in and said, guys, if you're at home, you have no equipment, you have equipment like a dumbbell or a day sack or something you can put on that's like weighted, we've got these free workouts. And then what that ended up actually doing is because we ran Zoom classes for our, obviously our clients, but we gave away these free workouts the whole way through lockdown. When we came to open up, I didn't realize the impact that that would have had on my business as well because 
people already knew who I was. People already knew what type of training they did. People had already experienced a coaching session off me through an online platform. And then as soon as we opened, phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call, messages all over, like emails as well. Can I join your gym now that it's opened? And literally we, we grew, I would say, at least by 60% wow. of our members when we reopened because I'd, I'd put, instead of being lazy and obviously taking the mentorship from people that I trusted, I put my face out there and then that really, really paid off, especially for us being brand new. It was kind of like we reopened a second time. Like we had a soft opening just before lockdown and we had like a grand opening when we come back. It was really, really good. And then obviously at the end of being locked down and everything, it was just literally like a massive weight off my shoulders. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's a testament to like you give people value before you ask for them to pay you or be a member. You know, you were giving people these workouts and then you were the first person in their mind when they were ready to go back into a facility. So I think that's that's really cool um, and awesome that you were able to provide that to people during the lockdown. So how many members did you have in February of 2020 versus when you were able to open again? Honestly, don't laugh. I, I went into lockdown with 16 members and eight PT clients. And then when we come out, I had 60 members. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Which was really good for me because it was our first facility. It was very small. I mean, you're talking 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big, I mean, in the UK, we have like small car garages. If you can imagine like in the States where I'm only going off what I've seen on like, you know, uh, TikTok and stuff. You've got these big garages where people are converting them into their home gyms. That's probably yes. what the size of my gym was. And we were only running classes with like eight to 10 people. So my cap was like 60. And then after lockdown three, I think give it two months and we moved to our second facility after a year. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. So what's your biggest challenge now? So you're in a bigger space, you know, you have more members. What's like the biggest challenge? I, in- I, I, I would say personally, my biggest challenge is to stay disciplined. Um, I don't want to lose um, what I've gained over the last three years. I don't want people to think that I'm not humble. I don't want people to feel like I'm taking advantage of situations. And because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm blessed to be in the situation that I am in now. And I just want to continue to strive to the next level and give my clients the best experience that I possibly can. I would say my biggest fear is to slip away, shall we say, from where I am now. I just want to keep building and building and building. So I would say personally, that's my biggest thing that I want to work on. Uh, Member retention. I mean, people especially in the UK at the minute with cost of living crisis and stuff like that. People are always going to want to leave and always have circumstances to why they're leaving. So you've just got to, you've just got to be accepting and be able to move on and adapt as well. If, if you are to lose like certain clients that you thought would never leave, there's, there's always going to be someone else knocking on the door eventually. Totally. Yeah. I think that's, that's important to remember retention is important but it's also like keeping those leads coming in the door that way if people do have to leave you know you always have that like replenishment um in the background but you also mentioned to me you work a lot you work long hours you're a dad you own a business how do you stay organized throughout the day what is like a typical day look like for you my my google calendar is pretty full it's um i'd say the biggest thing that i think's benefited me especially my calendar is uh, my past military experience i've had discipline literally drilled into me since I was 16 years old. If your alarm clock goes off, you turn it up and you're straight out of bed. So I get up around five o'clock. I go to the gym for about half five. I have my first class at six in the morning. That's an hour's long. Then at seven, I go and pick my daughter up. 
I have my daughter until about one o'clock Monday to Friday because um, she goes to nursery and stuff like that. And then I'm back in the gym for half past one till about half past eight at night. Um, I normally try and give myself about an hour so I can train myself because I always believe in practice what you preach. So I wouldn't ever program something or let any of my members do something that I haven't done. Normally I will do the program that they're going to do the week before. So mm -hmm. I know it works and I can change it. Um, and then obviously I'm looking at around four to five PTs a day as well. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty hectic, pretty busy. Yeah. Um, I don't have a social life anymore. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, no, no one in this industry has ever become successful without sacrificing things. And obviously you, you, you have to be willing to put it on, on the line if, if you want to get to where you've got to be, if you want to achieve your goals, if you're not willing to sacrifice um, what you want and stay disciplined, then you'll never, you'll never get to the heights that you're willing to achieve. And I don't ever want to look in the mirror when I'm 40 years old and think, oh my God, that's what I could have been. I want to look in the mirror and see who I am. Is that a goal of yours to work, you know, outside of the business more or do you want to keep continuing to train? Is that like a passion of yours to stay in this, doing those PTs or would you eventually like to take a, a little bit of a step back from working in the business? Yeah. So I, I absolutely love working with people. I love like having a laugh. That's, that's one of the biggest things I like to do. I love to talk to people. I love engaging and listening to people, letting them tell me stories. I like helping them. I mean, as, as an athlete, I absolutely love to compete. It's, it's really, really something that's driven me, but mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 32 now. I'm starting to kick on a little bit. Um, so the goal for me was to always train competitively until I was about 30 and then take a step back and really focus on being a personal trainer and being the best personal trainer I could be. And I, I feel like that really paid off this year. But looking forward, um, I mean, I'd like to do a couple of team competitions with some of the community members to just stay engaged with them on like and bridge the gap between being the owner and their friend as well, because I am friends with a lot of my clients as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I like to work things like that. Thanks. Awesome. Well, one final question I want to ask you before we sign off here, what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to open their own gym? Maybe if Never you could go back and, and tell yourself something in 2020 before you opened, um, what would that be? If if, if if I could go back, obviously, never give up is the first thing. Always, always, always keep going. Um, it will be okay. It will be okay. It will work out. You are never, ever, ever going to have a time in your life when something doesn't challenge you, it doesn't upset you. Take five minutes, take a deep breath, vent it out. After five minutes, it's in the past. Can't change it. Can't change it. You never can. You never will. Just keep moving, learn from it, and you'll keep growing and you'll get to where you want to be eventually. Totally. Yeah, I think that was my favorite thing that you mentioned in the podcast today was, you know, you get five minutes to be upset, you know, freak out about it and then get to work, you know, shake it off, get to work. When, so when my clients hear that, when they listen to this podcast, they're going to say, I'm pretty sure it takes 10 to 15, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. As long as you keep moving afterwards, after a little breakdown, that's all that matters. <laughs> awesome. It. Well, Sean, tell us where can we find you? Where can we keep up with you? What's your Instagram, Facebook, website, all that good stuff? Yeah, so our Facebook's Project Fitness Limited, uh, Project Fitness Any Limited. It's the same on Instagram. Um, we're a gym based in Durham now. We've just moved outside of Sunderland, so we're in Durham, County Durham, UK. And yeah, everyone's more than welcome to come down. We're very welcoming. We're 
some of us are crazy, but we have a good laugh while we're doing it. Sounds like a fun time. Everyone check out Project Fitness. Thank you again, Sean, for being on the show today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Awesome. To all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Aaron and Susan of Trinity Fitness coming to you from Indian Harbor in Florida. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? Doing great. Good, thanks. I'm excited to dig into this. This is somewhat of a unique interview here. Trinity Fitness is registered as a nonprofit. It has 12 locations throughout the U.S., but guys, I don't want to steal your thunder or paint on your canvas. For the people who aren't familiar with Trinity Fitness as a brand or your specific location, tell us about it. What is Trinity Fitness in your words? Well, Trinity Fitness started in 2008 in a guy's garage and his wife, they had just had four children in four years and she looked at him and said, I need a change and will you help me? And so they started working out in their garage. She was making strides. She was very visibly her body was changing. And so her friends started showing up in their garage at 5.30 in the morning. And before they knew it, men and women were all, streets were lined down, cars were lined down the street um, and they were holding workouts in their garage um, before the sun came up. Um, He, Jason noticed an unhealthy comparison that started among the people working out. Why is that person able to do a pull-up? I've been here longer. Why are they losing weight? And I'm not losing weight. And he brought it back with an impromptu devotion and got them to keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, And that's kind of was the birth of our vision to help people get healthy inside and out, um, spiritual fitness, as well as physical fitness. And so that's kind of where it started, um, right down the street from where we are now. So, yeah. And so when was that? When, when did we officially get this kicked off? That was 2008 and they were in their garage until the town knocked on his door and said, you cannot run a business <laughs> out of your garage <laughs> time to go right yeah, it's, yeah. and um, so that started then they moved to a park and then got their first building and so we are 
probably five locations and you know 12 years later here we are yeah a couple of things have changed since then mm -hmm. one was it that that the two of you became involved different times i um, started coming just working out in 2017 and then became a trainer a little bit after that and so a year ago last january is when i started working um, sharing the facility director position got it so, one year okay. for me but she's much longer <laughs> i started working out in 2011 um became i was the facility director um for three or four years and then took a break my mom got sick and anyway continued to to coach classes and then was approached to you know would i be interested in sharing the job with aaron a year ago and absolutely so here we are she's back now this is this is a question that's that's probably relevant for either or both of you, but the timing is probably interesting with Aaron being involved for a year and Susan being involved a little bit before that. I want to to pick your guys' brain on on what's been the highs and lows, right? What's been the best part about being involved in the role that you're in, and what's been the most challenging part about doing what you do? I Either love, one of you start us off. Yeah, I'll start. I love having someone to bounce the ideas off of. Like, I can't imagine doing the job on my own and having all of the various tasks, but the way they split up, she does a lot of the trainer management, the gym management, all, merchandise, all those details. And I focus more with like the back end of things, memberships, advertising, marketing, and it just splits up nicely to where neither of us are overwhelmed. But then yep. when we want to plan community events or figure out sponsorships and new ideas and how can we expand, it's so good to have somebody. And we can easily be like, no, that's we don't like that. That's dumb. <laughs> like with each other. And it works just to be honest. So I really um, a true business partnership in this. Yeah, yeah it, it works really well. <laughs> It's great. And, and so, have, Aaron, before we go, sorry, sorry, Susan, before yeah. we go to, to you, Aaron, flip that around. What's been the, the toughest part? What's been the biggest challenge for you in your role? Honestly, the biggest transition for me has been from being a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. It's like the home part yeah, I'd of, imagine. of working. So with four kids and 16 years at home, it's been different, but also really good. And I think really healthy for me. So Okay. And so Susan, follow in the, the same question line here. What's been what's been the best part about being in this role and what's been the hardest part? I have done this job by myself and I can tell you it's it's tricky um, going from a coach to a business manager. Um, I don't have all of those skill sets and it was very difficult doing it by myself. Um, so this is like a breath of fresh air, um, part-time. And as Aaron said, bouncing ideas off. And we are, we're the perfect, we're the perfect <laughs> marrying and yang partner. Yes, yes. Um, so we have different skill sets and different, we love different things, different aspects of the business and um, are able to, to get it done on a part-time basis. So that's been cool. Well, you guys, you guys came to the right place. This is the reason that we started this was because so many people in our industry 
found themselves in ownership or, or director type roles uh, wildly unprepared, right? We were thrown into this, but one way or another, we figured this out on the fly and, and we're still here. Before we move on in our conversation, Susan, flip it around. What's been the hard part for you? What's been the biggest challenge? Um, it's challenging running a gym that is also a nonprofit. So yeah. we have discovered that working out with people creates a, as you know, it creates a, a common bond. We, you know, you're sweating on the floor after a workout. You've just done this hard thing and it opens the door for conversation, which builds relationships, which builds community, which builds buy-in. And we found that from a from the money side of it, we still have bills to pay. We still have rent and electricity, um, internet. You know, we have we have money that we have to make, even though we're a nonprofit every month. Um, and that all starts with those relationships. We are not walking into businesses cold calling and asking for sponsors because that sounds strange, right? Um, I work for a gym and I need you to give us money. Um, so it is an interesting setup here. Right, yeah. right. But people that most of our sponsors work out at our gym and they believe in what we do and they want to be a part of it and they want to support it. And so a lot of people give above and beyond um, even what we ask. Yeah. And, and so for clarification for people listening, we refer and we have a couple of times already to this as a nonprofit, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to make money, right? We still need to bring in resources in one way or another. It's just where those funds go mm -hmm. is the difference here. Now for you guys, uh, talk to me a little bit about how we find these people. We'll chuck it under the bucket of, of marketing, but what's in, in the time that you guys have been involved, what's worked well and maybe what hasn't worked so well to get some people interested in, in through the doors. One of our goals this year has really been think, cause we say we're more than a gym, but if we say we're more than a gym, how are we more than a gym? And we, we do have the spiritual component. We give devos, we pray at the gym, but how else? What? So our goal has really been to add more to that component of more than a gym. So we've really focused this year on developing, partnering with community, other nonprofits or local organizations where people can feel connected to the community beyond the gym. So we partnered with a local group of foster parents, um, other there's an organization called Love Inc. Beyond that, we partnered with Think Humanity, who helps get bed nets for people in Africa. So it's been really helpful to think beyond our beyond the gym, but how else are we impacting our community and our world? Mm -hmm. And I think having people, when they're able to do more than just come and work out, it's a place where they feel connected and that's helped um, yeah. growing. And so that effort and in, in being involved with these organizations has helped bring quote unquote clients or members to you guys. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And maintain memberships. Sure. Got it. Um, yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier uh, 
some advertising or, or some marketing ideas that you've done. What have you guys, what have you guys put money into or, or how have you tried to get the Trinity fitness brand out into the, the marketplace? Um, that's a good question. I would say a lot of what our focus has been this year is just on how to effectively reach the community that we have through, um, email distribution lists, like using MailChimp, being okay. Canva to design stuff that actually like by giving people more than a black and white email. So sure. I would say it's been a small start for some okay. of things, but just really engaging our current, we don't want to send out an email that people read the first line and delete. So learning how to engage, yeah. learning how to engage the community that we have and then getting those people excited about what we're doing and what's going on and letting them bring people I in see. has really okay. been, this, I'd say, a very small start for us. How how That's relevant cool. is social media for you guys being a nonprofit? Is that an outlet that, that you guys make use of? Yes, um, I do our social media and I find it very effective and that's something I do daily twice a day morning and evening um, I keep the Instagram story hopping all day long um, and it it does I mean it it hits it hits the younger half of our of our demographic you know sure um, do you think that that's been a, a useful resource for you guys to to garner some interest Yes, I think social media, I get messages frequently through Instagram and even Facebook, um, people inquiring about um, what we do. And it's a great way to just visually show what we're all about. Yes. The day, you know, what a workout looks like. Um, we're sponsoring, we've, we've partnered with a local church. We're sponsoring a, a 5K coming up in a couple of weeks. And so that's been fun. And it's, social media has been a great way to generate interest for that as well. Yeah. What about advertising on those platforms? Have you guys in the past attempted or thought about, has it crossed your mind to, to blast on those? We have not done that. Okay. Potential for the future, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Okay. On Instagram, on Facebook, and, and we did start like putting, putting some budget behind it. We started just posting on Google Business occasionally, okay. doing Google yeah. Business posts just to keep something fresh on Google. Tremendously, at least see events and things that are going on. Yeah, I mean, if we think about if I'm somebody looking for a gym or looking for something like this, the first place I'm probably going to go is. Google, right? Gyms near me is is one of the most searched key key phrases in our industry. And so, just being relevant on mm -hmm. Google, working your SEO to to maneuver your way to the top. Take me to the next step here, guys. We're getting leads from a couple of different sources, but I wanna I wanna kind of pick your brain on how the the quote unquote sales side of things works. When somebody's interested in working with you guys, what's the process like? Who do they speak with? What's that conversation about? How do they actually sign up for this? So they always go like our waivers online, probably like a lot of gyms. And we always offer first week free. So okay. you, and like you said, most people find us 
if it wasn't through a friend, it's through an internet search. And all over our website is like free trial, free trial, free trial. So most people have clicked that link or if they've contacted through social media or through another resource, they, they're told, click this link, sign up for first week free. And then they come in. And then after that, it's, I have found that like a, an immediate contact with the person. I personally email, follow up, tell them more about who we are, what we do. And then after their first week, on the day that their first week free ends, I always follow up with another email, usually email um, or text. People don't often like phone calls that much, I don't think anymore. So just a quick written follow up, um, letting them know like, hey, your first week's up. We'd love to have you keep coming. These are our giving plans. Check them out. Let me know what works for you. If you need financial assistance, just let me know and we'll work something out. It's a pretty casual. Are, are those conversations usually flowing through one of you two or are coaches involved in this? Who, who handles that? Yeah, I handle that part. So coaches, okay. even if they came to class and they could no longer sign in for their first week free, the coach would just text me and tell me this so-and-so couldn't sign in today and I'll follow up again and make sure they get on an appropriate plan. Now, by nature of what you do, the real battle here is going to be won and lost in keeping people more so than just signing up volume and volume and volume on the front end. And so for you guys, from a, a 30,000 foot view, what do you focus on to, to retain these people for the long haul? Um, we have, I have lots of thoughts. I do too. Um, <laughs> Um, Share them all. Say, uh, the community providing space where community and relationships can happen. Now that could be team workouts where we are. The other day we did a team workout where we um, you were done when your team reached four thousand meters on the rower, and it was tricky and it was hard. But it it brings people out of their comfort zone a little that maybe just want to do their own thing and they want to they want to come in they want to work out and they want to leave and so you've just made two two new friends today um, by joining a team um, and we were very intentional with parties and bonfires and we live in a place we live in a beachside community that. The weather's beautiful 363 days out of the year, right? <laughs> Rub it in, guys. Rub it in. Right, right. Sorry. Um, we put on sweaters just a little bit. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, we're, we're a team here. I appreciate it. Okay. And so uh, a lot of this, if, if I could just pause you for a minute and summarize, is beyond the, the workout, the 45 or 60 minutes that people spend, how are we fostering interaction? How are we encouraging, like you said, community and relationships mm -hmm. bigger than just, oh yeah, that's somebody that goes to my gym. Right. Am I understanding properly? Yes. But the thing I was going to add to that in terms of 
keeping people is that we've really had a shift over the last year in programming. So there, there is definitely a workout and a programming component to where uh, we're a pretty non-competitive place to start, but we've really changed to a built, not broken philosophy. So we, what we want is sustainability. Like I want to work out for a really long time. I don't want to just work out for five years and be so broken that I can't even fathom lifting a barbell again. So our goal and our shift in programming has been to a more sustainable model than always just beating your body down. So allowing rest, allowing, you know, sometimes instead of just AFAP all the time or AMRAP and crushing it, like sometimes we just do for quality where we are just going to do really good movements, lift heavy things, but not go as fast as we need as, or as you could that day or for pace or quality. A lot of the terminology that you're using stems from the the CrossFit or the functional fitness world. If we, if I walked into one of your classes, would it feel or look similar to that? Yes, it would be very similar. I understand. I think people who are used to a CrossFit model would see this shift because on our whiteboard or our TV screen, there's always always options for scaling down, scaling up. We call it foundation build advanced. So we're, um, there's very, you we're trying to give very individualized programming in a group yeah. setting. The CrossFit world comes full circle on this. When we started in 2008 right. or so in, in the CrossFit space, the idea was this was ultimately scalable to 85 year old grandma and 22 year old competitive athlete. And for and a little while, like we got that. off the rails there. We, we went a little too competitive for a long time, but you guys are bringing it back to that and, and it's true intention. Mm-hmm. Now, forecast this thing out for me. I'm interested in, in goals and, and how you see this thing moving forward. What's the, what's the big vision? What are we looking to accomplish with your club here? So many things. <laughs> we need, we would want to grow so we, with going into a new building in a new space, and this is potentially a building that we can purchase. So it, so we also have increased expenses. So we have a lot of financial goals as well, but with all that, just increasing memberships, really increasing memberships, increasing coaches, just grow. I, I feel like growth in every area and um will help but we're on the right track i think <laughs> it's just continuing it's a it's a fun conversation because i mean you can answer it in however way however makes sense for you guys it's like this has been a business for whatever we mentioned 12 plus years but it's kind of like a new beginning for you guys right this is like a fresh start and and building the foundation of which we expand upon into the future I have a, a kind of wrap up question here for you guys, and it's it's probably somewhat unique to you, but maybe generic enough to apply to the rest of the industry. What do you think could be some potential hurdles or challenges or roadblocks for you guys in that pursuit of growth? What do you perceive could be difficult as you move forward? Well, our biggest 
Our biggest boulder to move right now is, like Aaron said, we're moving into a new building with the potential to purchase. We are a nonprofit. We, the idea that our little nonprofit gym that start, started in Jason's garage in 08 could now save the money to put a down payment to actually land in a permanent space is very exciting and also terrifying. Um, so, you know, increasing sponsor in when we say, you know, our budget's going to, our in, expenses are going to increase. We tried to start thinking creatively on maybe corporate sponsorships. How can we go out there with a bigger ask and really share what we do, the impact that we're making in our community, not just with healthy people inside and out, but really um, just being a light in our community and how can we convey that to, you know, we're on the space coast. How can we convey that to a company, um, you know, with that could, <laughs> that could write us a bigger check <laughs> And have a bit and have a big tax write-off because we are a nonprofit. <laughs> yep. Like we said, this at the end of the day, nonprofit does not mean that we don't need to make money. We need to bring right. in funding from one way or another. And so yes. always a challenge whether we are for profit or non. Right. Yeah. You gotta pay I'm, bills, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a that's a pretty good place for us to wrap our conversation up, guys. But I want to save a little bit of time for you guys to tell people where they can learn more about your specific club. Is there a website? Is there you mentioned social media earlier? Where can people connect with you guys? Well, our website is beachside at trinityfitness.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Trinity Fitness Beachside. Um, and our Instagram is TF Beachside. So check us out. Connect with Aaron um, and Susan. You have something else? Hold on. Oh. Yeah, our website is beachside.trinityfitness.org. Oh, oh that is important. I gave you an email address. Don't tell <laughs> I gave you my email. <laughs> that is tremendously important. Glad we got the correction. Guys, this has been awesome. I really appreciate anybody willing to to kind of give a behind the scenes look into their business and how things function. But I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys. It sounds like there's there's a number of moving parts and the cards to be played so for today we are out of time but i appreciate you joining us and i wish you guys nothing but the best thank you thanks so much absolutely to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description to fill it out our team will be in touch soon and as always until next time jim lords out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Adrian out of Brush Park Gym. Good afternoon, Adrian. How are we doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on at Brush Park Gym, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. So I describe our gym as a local neighborhood gym, um, a gym specifically for families and kind of all individuals. So I really want to make sure people are clear that it's a gym for everyone. Um, the reason why I decided to, to open this gym was because I was a new parent. Um, I had prior to that been a strength and conditioning intern. Um, so I was used to having a really great facility to work out in. And that was what I was looking for once I was home um, raising my, my first son. Um, and I was really, really unhappy with the offerings for childcare. I didn't feel um, like my kid was safe. I didn't feel good as a parent. Uh, so I started working out at home. And then when I was taking my child to um, school, I talked with other parents and they had the same issues. So I thought, why can't we have uh, a space that does both things really well? Why can't a space meet the needs of uh, the entire family? So adults get a really good workout and the kids get a really um, good experience as well that's based around movement. Um, so that's why I wanted to start it. Yeah. So basically, it sounds like you were just kind of filling a gap, like you said, that you felt was missing. Yeah. And I also, for me, um, I decided to, when I decided to get a master's in exercise physiology, uh, it made me very aware of different life events that cause people to stop exercising. And one of those life events is having a child. So parents with young kids, it just gets so so difficult to lead, lead a healthy lifestyle so they're juggling caring for their kids they're juggling their work um they might be taking care of their parents there's so much going on and frequently they'll end up uh taking turns to exercise and it is so i wanted to eliminate those obstacles um, by allowing both parents to come and exercise and also i think it's really really cool for kids to see their parents work out. So our kids space uh, is separate from the gym space, but there is a huge glass window that when the kids are on a, a really cool play structure, they get to watch their, some of their parents um, exercise. And, and so I think that that message is so important, right? That, that kids get to see that one of the values the parent has is to take care of their body. I, yeah, I think that's wonderful. I, I 100% agree with that. So tell us a little bit more about the space. So is the kids, I don't want to say, is it, what do you call that? It's a kid's space, a kid's zone? We call it the kid's space. Um, and uh, some, sometimes the kids call it the clubhouse. And so basically if you uh, walked into our gym 
um, and I would describe it, it, it used to be three small storefronts on a really cute street in Chicago, just a local neighborhood. Um, and we did a renovation and we opened all three um, storefronts into one large space, but we always had stairs going up to apartments that divided um, the spaces into two thirds versus a third. So one third is our kid space. It has a uh, two level custom indoor play structure for the kids to climb up and slide down. Uh, and we're actually right next to the uh, Brown Line in Chicago. So the kids get to see the train go by when they go up on the platform. Uh, we have a climbing wall and we have a basketball hoop and then we have all sorts of uh, games and stuff for our coaches to run with the kids. That's awesome. So you have like coaches specifically for the kids and then coaches yeah. specifically for. Yeah. Cause so, um, I spent a lot of time doing re research, uh, and as a parent, that was kind of easy, right? Like I would take my, I have two boys now. Um, I would take my kids to different classes and I realized that if the parents were being brought into the space, they're often in the way. They were in the way and they're on their phone. Uh, and so I really wanted to put more value in the connection and the relationships that our kids have with our coaches. So a big thing with any type of money that we have, I really try to invest it in the, the, the pay for my employees because I know as a parent that other parents will trust us through by having a consistent employee. So if I invest in my employees and I treat them really well, they're able to develop really good relationships with our kids and with our parents. And, and, and that is incredibly helpful. And, that, and that's what has happened. And a lot of our success in that kid space isn't because of me, it's because of my employees. Um, and so that's, that's like so cool. That's like, yeah, that's super rewarding. Yeah. So then on the other side of things, the adult side is just like a regular like gym setup. Yeah. So I would just, sometimes people see it and they think it's a CrossFit gym, um, just because we have uh, rogue wall mounted racks and we have kettlebells. Um, but uh, for uh, gym people, they would know this, that um, our main model is, um, is like a strength and conditioning setup at a college setting. Um, and it's just really, really highly organized. And so we use all of our resistance for a majority of the time is with kettlebells. Uh, we don't have treadmills. Um, one, because I got priced out of that during the pandemic. So when, when, uh, when uh, everybody was buying exercise equipment and freaking out, you couldn't even get kettlebells and everything like that. Um, my, my treadmill prices like more than doubled. Uh, and so I end up just getting um, erg bikes and fan bikes and rowers. And it actually just, it works out really well for my population of clients that I work with because mm -hmm. they're not people who have good motor patterns to be sprinting and running uh, like some other gyms have models on. Uh, we don't do a ton of cardio focus. We okay. actually, do, we, um, all of our classes are a mix of a little bit of cardio, but most of the time we do a lot of um, weightlifting and, and kind of like strength, strength training to, to get it 
to be a challenge for them when it comes to uh, cardio. Gotcha. That's really cool. I really like the uh, how you have things set up for the kids and the parents to to yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so prior to starting your gym, did you have like any type of business background or experience no. there? <laughs> no, no, I didn't, and um, no, I didn't at all. But I will say that I'm uh, uh, I. I'm a kind of self-taught person, meaning that I just, once I'm like really into something, uh, I will invest an incredible amount of time to learn about it on my own and become really proficient at it because that's just how I am. And so I probably spent at six to seven years working on my business plan. Um, so if there wasn't any, if there was something I didn't know how to do, I, I, I learned how to do it or I found a book about how to do it. Um, so yeah, people, we've only been open for a year, but this has been a project that I've been working on for like six or seven years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you would never, people would probably have never guessed that. No, no. And I know it sounds crazy to keep working on something like that, but th that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I also, I stayed home to take care of my kids and I didn't want my, I didn't feel comfortable having my two little ones um, be at a daycare for uh, when they're really, really young. Uh, I wanted, so I use, I basically used that time to uh, take care of my kids and uh, write my business plan. And then I, I was, yeah, it was, it actually was great because if I had initially opened my gym, I would have opened opened a gym was, wasn't going to be a good fit for the community. It would have been a great fit for athletes because that's what I was coming out of. I was working with college athletes and I would have designed, it would have been all off. Um, and so because I had to spend time being a parent and trying to exercise, I experienced exactly what my clients experienced. And so it, it basically um, trained me into, into what I needed to offer. Gotcha. Okay. So you were doing a lot of research leading up to the opening of your gym. Since your gym has been open for about a year now. Yeah. What, if you could rely on two skills, um, either two skills that you developed over the course of six or seven years or something that you've been working on over the past year, what two skills would you say are the most beneficial um, when it comes to running a gym and growing it? So I, so I would say two, two things. One is that, you need to be able to um, be an expert in, in how people move and in figuring out what you can, what a modification you can give them to help them get to the point that you need them at. And so what I mean by that is that people have a lot of limitations if they're not young people, if they're not athletes, if they're just regular people in their 30s and 40s, and you might be really trained, you might be trained really well on how to do a back squat or a goblet squat, and then you show somebody how to do a body weight squat, and there's some real funky movements that are going to turn up, and you need to figure out, one, why they're doing that. Um, is it a strength thing? Is it a mobility thing? And 
that most that strength and mobility you can't solve it in one day and so it's not like you can stop that workout and be like wait a second we can't do this because we've got all these modifications we have to do uh so you need to figure out what you can add to that recipe to get them to move better kind of instantly uh so you can still work on their strength and fitness and then also uh, figure out what mobility is actually effective for their body from from for long term. So, and that's like that's really hard to do because you're gonna get a a mix of people with all different sorts of movement patterns, and you've got one workout to run. And that's one of the reasons why we do small groups is because um, I've worked out at. Uh, other gyms that throw 25 or 30 people and they're all sprinting on a treadmill and I just I find it to be um, great I call it grinding people out where we're just short-term focused we're just focused on how we can get an in individual to expend the most amount of calories in 60 minutes um, but that's like that's such a short view on their fitness right like uh, obviously they can get injured uh, but what more than likely is going to happen is that they're going to be really sore for probably three days and they're going to end up modifying how often they exercise and eventually not being able to sustain that. Um, so sorry that that was a bit of a tangent. But the other thing that I'll say that you have to be uh, is a skill that's really good is to be a I don't want to say people person, but you got to be a kind human being. Because it doesn't matter what it means, what what great idea you have about a business or whatever, you can't do everything yourself. Uh, you can't execute every single thing, no matter how hard I try. You need to have good people. Um, and so if I don't value and respect my employees and pay them what they deserve, I'm going to, I'm, I'm lost without them. Uh, so I think you you need to be a good human and you got to be like a, a people first person. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so next let's, let's talk a little bit about marketing. So let's say I was, I was to uh, move to, to your area and I'm a single mom with a five-year-old. So I'm looking for a gym childcare. And then also that basically what you have, like that's that you have kids and it's that that you have for the parents to do strength training. How would I know that you guys are out there and ready to serve me at the highest level? So I so there's a couple of different things, and so I would say this is this is an ongoing um, thing, a skill for us. We're always trying to get better at it, uh, but I'll share the the current things that we do. So because we're a neighborhood gym, um, we really try to get connected with. Um, our local public school, which is basically around the corner, which is why we started doing aftercare um, and, and, and summer camp and schools out day camps. So what we've decided to do with the messaging is we, we do physical messaging around the school. Uh, we do Facebook messaging because there's parent groups that are connected with, with um, uh, different classes of uh, kids at school. For instance, if your child's going to graduate in 2023, you would have a, 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 this elementary school parent group of 2023. So you have to get connected on Facebook with all these parent groups. 
and then you can post about the different events that you do. So that's what we do um, specifically for families. We also do free events to bring people into our space. So we have, we have, um, we've done a, a child's storyteller. Um, we, our most popular event was a haunted house that we did. Uh, and we've done um, musical concerts. We've done um, uh, 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 field day. So we basically have free events to bring people in because one of the really cool drivers to get people to come, especially if you're a parent, is that your kid will learn very quickly who we are and they will want to go and they will bug you about when can we go to the gym over and over again and they're a lot more persistent than parents are who are thinking about whether or not they need to exercise um so i'd say our marketing is uh our social media marketing um and then also we do flyers at businesses that are complementary to us. So that means flyers about, at, about our gym at either um, kids stores, at the salon across the street, at the toy store in town. Um, uh, so we try to make sure we have those flyers. We also do um, like a, a sandwich board out front uh, and then we do uh, flyers, physical postcards that you can grab uh, from our front door um, and so I think and then we do emails so since people have come to a birthday party or an event uh, we get their email address and so we stay in touch with everybody who has come to our gym in one way or another through email gotcha okay so networking with the local community community free events to bring people in flyers and then also like an email list that you guys have yeah and social media as well yeah um, but i will say like with social media is that i've noticed like with the parents they're not not all not all my parents are on instagram um and so i would love to not be on facebook uh but that's unfortunately where uh a lot of my moms are at and so if you want the moms to know about you you gotta be on facebook <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. So are these like Facebook groups that you're in? Are you running like Facebook ads? So the ads is kind of tricky. So I'm not sure. Um, we're also on Google and we advertise through Google um, and we pay, for, pay Google for like keyword searches and stuff. Um, and so when it comes to our Facebook groups, yeah, so if we have a free event, so you can post in these parent groups if it's if you're not soliciting. Meaning, if I said, "Hey, I'm gonna sell you this product," they you'll get kicked out. <laughs> you'll your post will get rejected. You won't get kicked mm -hmm. out. But if you have a free event, that's perfectly fine. Um, and so, and there's also in Chicago. I'm sure this is everywhere. There, we have neighborhood groups. Um, and so, if we have free events, we, we make sure that we post there as well. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say that I'm a mom, found you, uh, you found me on Facebook. When I decide to come in, well, let me ask you this. Like, are you giving people a free class or like, yeah. test the gym out? So, so we give a free day pass and that basically okay. covers yourself. And if you have a child, your child. So you get to come in for, um, for free one day. And then um, we will try to, 
we then do a follow-up email and, and give you a discount code to use for uh, class packs. Gotcha. Okay. So I guess, well, are you doing the selling or does it like the class pass just kind of like sell itself? It kind of sells itself. So, okay. um, yeah, it's, it's for us. So he, the thing that we are focused on is we need people to come to class to use their packages. So if they have a really good experience and they like the members and they like our classes, then the, and our kit and the, their kids are really happy with the experience, they're going to keep coming and they're going to end up using all their sessions and then signing up. So once you, once somebody really loves the space, uh, they sign up for, I don't have to push it. Um, I do when I do, um, I have noticed like a little bit of an increase when we run discount codes uh, for people to use in class packs, but people essentially just re-up them when they need them. Gotcha. Okay. So with the class pass, it's not on auto draft. It's kind of like up to that person to decide whether or not they want it, to purchase more. And I like, I have like, um, I don't, um, I have experienced gyms where it's difficult to, um, to quit them, uh, like the whole, the process to do that. And I've, I've always never wanted to be that gym. I only want, if people want to be a part of our gym, um, that's who I want. I don't, so we do, we're very lenient when, um, it comes to refunds or canceling a membership or whatever, because the whole thing is I, I want somebody who wants to be part of our community to be there. I don't want somebody to feel like they're, they're getting hit with these like hidden automatic fees. So if you do want, we do offer um, an unlimited package and that's the only one that is uh, monthly unlimited and auto renews. Gotcha. Okay. So Adrian, let's talk a little bit about the future. You guys have been open for your one year anniversary just passed. Um, yeah. What do you want? Well, what are your goals for 2023 in terms of the growth of your gym? So I still, um, sometimes I still think that um, people have, um, they're not quite sure what we do. Um, because of prior experiences at, at other gyms. So new people who have never walked in um, may think that to be a certain fitness level to work out at our gym. Um, sometimes people think it's just a kid's gym and no grown-ups. And so my area that I really want to, to do is to um, be able to successfully re-educate people, not just about who we are and what we do, but also what is the most effective way um, to become fitter or healthier. Uh, and so um, that's one way that I'm really focused on. Okay. So does that mean that you're working on just like increasing your brand awareness and kind of getting your name out there? I'm always doing that, but, but I, um, I really think that for our goal right now is just to grow our community in a really authentic way. And so that's, that's our major goal. Okay. What do you mean? Like you said, grow your community in an authentic way. What does that like mean to you? It means that, um, I'm not, it, it means that like I've been approached by different operations, um, organizations that will help bring in a lot of members and really fast. And I don't want that because it 
it will change our culture um, of who's in our gym and what people get out of it. And so that's really important to me. Uh, most of my members are people who have never felt really included and accepted it in a gym. Um, and so because they feel included, supported, and accepted at our gym, people who aren't athletes or aren't super fit, like that's like the, that's like the best for me, right? Like I, th I think it's easy to open a gym for people who love working out, it's already in their routine, and they just want to push harder, right? It, it's really difficult to develop a community of people who don't, don't love exercising, don't feel fit or strong. They don't love it, um, and and to and to teach them that they can achieve a level of fitness um, that fits within their lifestyle as they have kids and jobs and everything, and that it's really like we can create a space that is not just about the level of fitness that you achieve, right? We we need to stay active for our whole lives, right? <laughs> so we need to create a space where people feel really supported and how fitness can actually be sustainable for them. We're not, we're not here to get train people to be triathletes um, or Olympic weightlifters, right? We need to be able to show people that they can still be active and come to a gym and, and, and feel like a, a, a sense of success even if they only come to the gym one time a week, right? Like, I just feel like we have to be realistic with what especially parents have going on and, and how we communicate what fit is and, and what that's all about. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So Adrian, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So you can find us on our website, which is brushparkgym.com. That's brush like brushing your hair. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, which is the same name, Brush Park Gym. Uh, yeah. Alrighty. Adrian, thank you so much for joining our show today. And to our audience, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, Click the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.